Welcome to Romancing Nancy Drew, a podcast that is centered on Nancy Drew, of course, and her relationship with Ned Nickerson. Yay! Uh, my name is Indy Nickerson, which is short for Nancy Drew Nickerson, of course, and you can find me on Twitter with that handle. I've also got a handle set up for this podcast at Romancing Nancy, if you want to check that out too. So initially, when I was thinking about this podcast and thinking about all the gushing that I was going to be doing about Nancy and Ned, I was like, I'm going to start with the Nancy Drew files because that's, those are the ones that came out when I was growing up. Those are the ones that I love so much and they have so much to unpack to them. And then I realized I have to start at the beginning. I have to start when Nancy and Ned first met. So I can't start in 1986, which is when I normally would have. I have to back it up all the way to 1932. And in order to really do this justice, we need to start off with basically like, how did we get here? How did, what was Nancy like before she met Ned? Because we get to see their first meeting in the books, which is fantastic. So also, this is a primer for those of you who have come to Nancy Drew through different things. So maybe you have only heard about Nancy Drew in pop culture. You're like, oh, yes, she's a teen detective. And that is exactly all that I know about her. Or maybe you've played the video games, or maybe you've watched the movies, of which there are several. Maybe you've been watching the TV show, which I have all sorts of problems with, because of course, if I love Nancy and Ned together, y'all know what happened. Um, maybe you're, you know, I have no idea how you know about Nancy Drew. So we kind of need to start with like, who is Nancy? Who exactly is she? So Nancy Drew actually came out of the mind of Edward Stratemeyer back in the 19... Actually, it would have happened in the 1920s, the late 1920s. And then in 1930, in April of 1930, is when the first Nancy Drew books come out. But Ned's not in them. Ned is not in the books that come out in 1930. He actually is not introduced to the series until 1932. Um, Initially, Nancy Drew is 16 years old. She is white. She has blonde hair and blue eyes. She is pretty. She's a pretty girl. She's not beautiful. She's not like jaw-droppingly gorgeous. Like people notice her because she's got a way about her. Of course she does. But mostly what people know about her is that her dad is super awesome. And I'm going to pause here and just mention to you that I'm going to be cursing. So if you've got children in the car, you are like, I'm not into that. You're going to need to turn it off. Carson Drew is the fucking shit. Like, you need to know that about him. He is a criminal defense attorney, which I love. Like, he's he's already aligned with that aspect. He's like, yeah, I'm going to defend people in trials. I'm not, he's not a cop. He's not a defense attorney. Um, I'm sorry, he's not a, he's not the person, the um, district attorney is what I meant to say. He's not the district attorney. He is the guy who's actually defending people against charges. So he is incredibly popular, and he also lives in a house with Nancy. He does not have a wife. His wife actually died earlier in Nancy's life. Initially, uh, Mrs. Drew died when Nancy was 10 years old, which meant that she had time to train Nancy on how to run a household and how to be a good girl. And then she dies with some unspecified ailment when Nancy's 10. So Nancy has taken over the running of the house by the age of 16 and is like, I got this shit. I got this. Um, she does have a housekeeper because, of course, Nancy cannot be home all the time because she's got mysteries to solve. So Hannah takes care of the house for her. Occasionally, Hannah will hire a housemate or whatever to serve as comic relief or as somebody who can be assailed before the person doing the assailing leaves. But anyway, so it's basically Nancy, her father, Carson, who, again, 
Foxy defense attorney and Hannah, who is not Nancy's mom, like not at all Nancy's mom, not at all romantically interested in Carson. That is not a thing ever. Like canonically, that is not ever a thing. She's the one who can be like, oh, Nancy, you need to be careful. But Nancy doesn't actually need to pay any attention to it because Hannah's, I mean, Nancy later is not going to do this. But anyway, Hannah's the hired help. So Nancy doesn't need to actually care like how she feels about shit. Um, Initially in the series, uh, Nancy's best friend is named Helen. And Helen is the one who is her sidekick on all of her adventures where, like, she's the one who serves as kind of the audience stand-in where she's like, oh my gosh, Nancy, we need to be careful. And Nancy's like, I got this shit. So, but Hannah was, I'm sorry, Helen. Helen was also kind of timid and, like, kind of an unwilling participant in all this, which I gotta be honest, like, I get it. You'd be like, Nancy, we're gonna do something exciting, but also could we do, like, could we actually get through a fucking shopping trip without you, like, stumbling over some missing jewels or some shit? So anyway, uh, yeah, Nancy's with Helen for the first few adventures, and then she has Bess and George, who suddenly pop up in this series, and it's like they've known each other since birth, which is hilarious. But anyway, um, so... It's as though Bess and George were maybe on, like, a tiny vacation for the first few books, and here they are. Bess and George are Nancy's best friends through the rest of the series, period, basically. Like, Helen pops up a couple more times and is like, hey, I guess he's getting married. And Nancy's like, yeah, that's not a thing that's going to happen for me. Um, cool. Bess and George are cousins. Not of Nancy. They're just cousins with each other. Like, Nancy has very random family members. They basically are there to serve the plot of the mystery, and that's about it. Um... So, Bess is a girly girl. She has blonde hair and blue eyes, like Nancy. That's going to be important later. Um, she's She likes to take care of her appearance. She's also got this thing in the books where, back in the day, they would not have called it an eating disorder. But also, like, there's a lot of fat shaming going on with Bess. Mostly from George, her cousin. George is a girl, which she will happily tell you whenever you ask her about it. You're like, your your name is George? And she's like, fuck yeah, my name's George. What about it? Uh, George has short, dark hair, as short as the fashion will permit her to cut it. Um, she dresses not boyishly, but like tomboyishly, where she's she does not like dressing up. She's, she's not here for that shit. Um, she's athletic. She likes to go to the gym and lift weights and shit. She also enjoys a good meal. I mean, they all do. The first book that we're going to discuss in the podcast, actually. There's a lot of eating in that book. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. George is like athletic she likes she's judo she any sport that you can name she's here for that shit um so yeah it's like Bess and George are polar opposites of each other and they play off each other often and they're both there for Nancy for her adventures so Bess is the one who's like oh my god should we go in there like I don't know about this shit and George is like fuck yeah I got this but like she's kind of presenting herself as somebody who is like here for it even though she's like uh, I mean I'm, I'm yeah yeah so yeah, she's not like reckless and foolhardy and just willing to plunge into danger for no fucking reason. Like she doesn't have a, she's not suicidal. Nancy, on the other hand, is like, I got shit to do. Like at pretty much any given time. And so Bess and George are the ones who are like, like maybe we should call for help first. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, Nancy's always going to take the lead in this shit. Always, always 100% going to take the lead. So 
So if you're wondering, like, so was Nancy involved with other people? No. First off, she's 16. I'm going to reemphasize that. She's 16 at the beginning of the series. And she's definitely not interested in dating people. Like, she goes to dances because, of course, she does. What the fuck else is she going to be doing in these books? It's 19 fucking 30. But she's not she's not dating anybody like she might meet a guy who's like oh you are super cool and she's like hell yeah i am but there's not really any spark that she's feeling between anyone and i'm gonna just throw an asterisk in here some people love to read nancy drew books and they also love to read hardy boys books and they have this feeling that nancy and frank would make a fantastic couple frank being a hardy boy the hardy boys were actually introduced in 1928 so they're like two years the series is two years longer than the nancy drew series if you want to look at it that way um i am 100 percent not the person if you want to talk to if you're like i think frank and nancy would make a fantastic couple you are so fucking wrong and if you are that person this is not the podcast for you (laughs) because i am going to be so incredibly not cool with that idea in any way shape or form um one thing that i did talk to a friend about was i could talk about the nancy drew hardy boys super mysteries which is a thing although hilariously like early in the nancy drew files series she refers to the hardy boys as fictional characters and i was like they're not real to her they're not real but then in the hardy boys nancy drew miss uh super mysteries nancy's like oh there's frank and you're like which is it is he real is he not real is it both (laughs) is he a ghost Anyway, so during those books, there's some attraction between the two of them. Please know that I'm not a fan of it in any way, and I hate it to the fiber of, like, the very core of my being, because Nancy and Ned are my OTP. They are my one true pairing. That's it for me. Like, you're like, don't you? Yes, I do enjoy other couples, but for me, like, Nancy and Ned is, like, just, like, cemented in, you know, how some stuff happens to you in childhood, and, like, that becomes part of your identity forever. Like, that's, that's in mind. That's why my username is Nancy Drew Nickerson, as though she got married to Ned, and then wanted to abbreviate her first two initials. So, yeah. But, yeah, Nancy is not, like, planning her wedding. She is not, I'm talking about, like, the first books before she meets Ned. She meets Ned in book seven of the original mystery stories, which uh, was published in 1932. Um, Nancy's not here for this shit. Nancy is here for mysteries. Nancy's here for exploring places and finding some strange counterfeiters who also dress up as clan members and dance in the moonlight, which is legit a thing that happens in one of the books. And maybe later I can do that as a bonus episode because it is just batshit. Um, she's here to, uh, help reunite orphans with missing parents. She's here to recover lost treasures. And she is mostly here to help out poor white people. Like, honestly, if I'm looking back over the series and I will, I'm happy to be proven wrong on this. I hope that, I hope I run across some people, but she mostly is here for your poor white people. She is like, they're down on their luck. They're a family that, you know, had a fortune, but lost it through some sort of shady shit. Like, hidden staircase which that's again we're talking like 1930 and hidden staircase is about her finding a family fortune slash treasure that was lost at the time of the civil war um (laughs) which you know is not actually that far off from 1930 it wouldn't have been out outside the realm of possibility you still would have had people around who had fought in it so you would have had veterans around But yeah, so what we're going to be talking about in this series is Nancy and Ned, how they first met, the development of their relationship over time, the fact that he is just, just a perfect, 
perfect fucking man. Just, yes. But yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about. But I just wanted to give you some background information. So the main cast is going to be Nancy, of course. Her dad, who is there. F- Another side note. Oh, my God. Um, Carson Drew is presented as, quote, like, upper middle class, which, sure, Becky. Um, He's, they live, again, they have the money in 19 fucking 30 to afford to pay a living fucking housekeeper slash cook. So Hannah handles it all. Um. And occasionally other mates to help out whenever Hannah's like, things are getting a bit much for me. Um, Nancy has her own fucking car, which I'm just going to throw out here. It's her own car. Like, her dad has a car and she has a car. And she is breaking that shit in every fucking book. Like, villains are running into her. She's being run off the road. She's, you know, people are shooting at her, whatever the fuck's going on. And her dad's like, oh, yeah, just take it by the shop. It's fine. Like, there's no, like, I scrimped and saved to get this car for you. There's actually a book later in the series where her father surprises her with a new car because, of course, she's just beat her current one to shit. And she's like, oh, my God. And it's yellow, and we are not fans. Like, there's also another one where she gets a maroon car. I think the yellow one was one that she rented to go to New Orleans. Um, her dad's like, look, I'm maroon car because they know about your blue roadster you're a fantastic blue roadster and she's like cool and then like two books later they've completely fucking forgot about it which is fantastic because blue car that's why i always wanted a blue mustang is because nancy drew had a blue mustang in the nancy drew file series like that was their updated version of the blue roadster um so she drives she fucking drives she's also 16 and she does not go to school period ever there's no like oh i need to study for this no no there's none of that like I guess at 16, she's like, I'm fucking done with school. I got shit to do. There's no, like, oh, I'm going to learn how to help my dad out in the office. Or, I'm no. Nancy lives in this perpetual summer after high school, before college, where she has zero responsibilities. And it is fabulous. Like, she plans dinner parties for her dad whenever he asks her to. He's like, I'm going to have some friends over. And she's like, let me set up a shopping list. I am here for this shit. And she'll get that shit done. And then she'll be like, here you go, Hannah. Bye. And she'll go investigate some mysteries. Like, that's what she's here for. Nancy does actually occasionally carry a gun in the mystery stories. But that's usually when, like, some shady people are following her. And her dad's like, you might need this for protection. As though it's some sort of weird Zelda video game. But on the whole, like, guns are not normally a thing that she is into, especially not by the time we get to the file series, which, again, is going to be probably my main focus. I don't know. I, when I think about the mystery stories and I think of all the deeply rich and weird shit to unpack, that is pretty exciting, though. So, yeah, we've got Nancy. We've got her, again... I'm gonna say that they're wealthy. Like, there's places where she looks at a mansion and she's like, that's some good shit. And I'm like, girl, you're like two feet away from that possibility like seriously like they they got a good house they've got they've got electricity they've got a phone they've got like all the modern conveniences of 1930 and you're like um sure that what do you mean and i'm like in book seven she's visiting a house that has not even been fucking wired for electricity is how dire we're talking about things being so and ice boxes like that's legit a thing in these books so the fact that she's got a house with electricity with a refrigerator that can actually like i don't know fucking refrigerate things without a fucking ice cube being shoved into it yeah so they live in a nice house they've they've got her her dad's like here have a charge card like fucking hell so this is part of the reason why nancy drew is like the girl that you always wanted to be because she has like this massive amount of disposable income that just her dad's just throwing at her she's got a car 
Her dad does not ask her to account for her whereabouts at any given time. He's not like, where were you? I was expecting you for dinner. He's like, it's cool. I was also working late at the office. He's like the the ideal absent parent where he's just like, here's some money. Stay safe. Bye. Like he he does not give a fuck. It's, It's glorious. He does care about her safety. Like, don't get me wrong about that. And at any time, whenever she's like, dad, I need your help with this. He's like, I am here. But he's very much hands off, which is a thing about the series like if she had a mom and a mom who was always like trying to say like Nancy you need to be careful and blah blah then it probably would play out a little bit differently but and then she's got Bess and George who are her sidekicks at all times because again they also are from upper middle class families um they live in houses with both their parents they don't have siblings they don't have anybody else to take care of this is different in some of the the later offshoots where they've got like siblings to care about and all that stuff but no for the original books no they're all singletons they don't have siblings they don't have other people nearby Bess and George are basically each other's sisters because they're that close and that's pretty much it but there's a fun book that we may discuss where Bess and George have a family feud going on so that's fun um but yeah so it's basically Nancy Bess and George Bess is the boy crazy one George is the one who's like, I have, I could not give less of a fuck about this shit. And Nancy's the one who's like, oh, a dance, I get to dress up. And also maybe a mystery, like at all times. Like if Nancy needs to choose between a dance and a mystery, she's always going to fucking choose a mystery, which is going to put a damper on things. If you've got a boyfriend who's like, can we go to, no, no, I've, I've got to track down this smuggler. Like, and I don't mean that as a euphemism or a metaphor. There's a fucking smuggler and we need to go after him. So Nancy needs a guy who a respects her intelligence and the fact that she is a strong woman who's got shit to do. B that that shit ain't a job. Like Nancy has decided to do this basically because she wants to, because she loves solving mysteries, and that is just the shit that she is into. And see, like he needs to be there to basically help her out whenever she needs like shit broken or shit broken into or somebody restrained. But he also needs to just step back and, and let Nancy be Nancy. In some of the books, she runs into guys who are like, oh, well, I'm I'm upset. You shouldn't do this. You should leave this to the cops. And you're like, y'all ain't gonna last long because Nancy is not here for that shit. Nancy is... I want to say, like, because, again, at this point, we're not even talking about first-wave first, first wave feminism. We're pre-second-wave feminism. She's She is definitely a feminist in that she's not about to bow down to anybody. Even when her dad's like, I feel a little bit uncomfortable about you investigating this. Like, I, I feel nervous these people are pretty dangerous. She's like, I'll be careful. Bye. Like, she she's not here for this shit. And because she's in this perpetual summer where she has no adult responsibilities, like... It's fantastic. When I was reading this shit when I was eight years old, I was like, this is the best. Like, oh my God, she's got, she's beholden to no one. She's not answering questions. And we're even going to talk about like how she deals with the cops, which is she don't. And she kind of doesn't need to because she's got a dad who's a criminal defense attorney who everybody deeply respects. They all like his name stops people. They're like, oh shit, I thought you were just some random teenager. Cool. I'm going to walk away now. And yeah, you are. Um, there's also, because Nancy's 16 and because she's desexualized, and I'm, I think I'm probably going to stand by that, um, anytime that she's threatened by somebody, it's she's being threatened with death or strangulation or drowning or I'm going to lock you in a closet and leave you here to starve, um, something like that. There's absolutely no hint that she's going to run into anybody who is interested in sexual assault, period. And I'm definitely talking about the mystery stories because these books were meant for, like, you know, eight to 10 year olds. 
there's going to be no threat of Nancy being raped. Like, that's not going to be a thing. And also, because that's not going to be a function of how Nancy works, like, that also means that the sex is kind of taken out of any, of any relationship that she has because that's not how she thinks and that's not how this functions. The point of this is the mystery. So for me, when I'm reading this, I'm like, first off, is Ned in this book? And second off, is the mystery exciting? Because that was, those were my priorities when I was reading these books. I was like, is Ned going to be in this? Are they going to dance together? Oh my God. So that's where my primary focus is whenever I'm going to be discussing the books. It's going to be a, like, I'm going to tell you about the plot, but mostly I'm like, do they make out? Which in the mystery stories, it's like, it's a lot of loving glances and like, y'all going to go to some dances. Ned is all about some fucking dancing, which yes, not fucking dancing, but just some dancing enthusiastically. So that's what we're going to be doing. Um, the first real podcast is going to pick up with The Clue in the Diary, which is book seven in the Nancy Drew Mystery Stories, and I am so excited to tell you about it.